Hello and welcome to the Community Church Podcast, where we want to equip and empower people for life together with Jesus. On this podcast, we'll be talking with lots of different people from all walks of life to help us in our discipleship to Him. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. This week we have Steve Wilkins, who we're speaking to all the way from Canada. Uh, Steve is the uh, apostle over a number of churches in Canada, and he's been working there for many years now. Uh, We had the opportunity to speak to him over Zoom. Um, So if the sound is a bit patchy, our apologies, but there is so much good stuff. Uh, Steve talks to us a bit about the, the history of how they started over in Canada, uh, particularly how they started in Ottawa and what's taking place there, Uh, as well as sharing some of his thoughts and some of his lessons that he's learned in developing church and planting church and in bringing and raising leaders. Uh, Steve is uh, absolutely brilliant in some of his insights here. So we hope that you enjoy and uh, be blessed in all that you listen to here. Enjoy yourselves. Hey guys. Hey Steve. How you doing? Oh, thanks for joining us, mate. My pleasure. My so, pleasure. So, 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 so Harry and me are doing the uh, as close to the edge of the screen as we can <laughs> to be socially distanced. So, All right. Has that been like for you over there? Is, is, has there been such serious constriction of restriction of uh, people moving around and presumably no church formal gatherings? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, we, uh, we went into serious lockdown. Uh, we went into serious lockdown, I think, maybe two weeks before the UK did. Um, and so because of that, our numbers have been much uh, more manageable. Um, and we haven't had the breakouts and all that kind of stuff. So then slowly things have eased off. So now we're, um, we're in what's called, what they call stage three. Um, so restaurants and that kind of stuff are all open. Um, everything's not quite back to normal, but um, like you can go into places, you have to wear a mask when you go in. Um, but when you sit down to eat, you can take your mask off. Um, you know, every almost everything else. I think everything, gyms, everything are all open again now, and our numbers are still are are, are low. Uh, but for quite, a, we're still not allowed to meet together as a church. Um, well, we can meet. We can meet up to thirty percent of the building's capacity, um, but children have to stay with parents. And on paper, you're not supposed to sing, and everyone's supposed to wear masks. Um, so it's not very conducive to our sort of gatherings. Um, so we've we've maintained everything online right now, um, so that's been really interesting, actually. Um, yeah. To do, we were we, you know, we we um, as as you may know, um, as as a, as a group of churches, we bought the. Sarah and I live on a farm just outside of Ottawa, and uh, as a group of churches, we bought the farm across the road from us here, um, and then we renovated it, and we've been running it as a discipleship training center and uh, doing leadership stuff there, and um, and doing some equestrian therapy um, and uh, horse therapy for uh, some PTSD and some. Um, Mums and family who are um, 
part of a, uh, what they call a respite for uh, fleeing domestic abuse and a bunch of different programs that all over there, which has been great. Um, but one of the things we put over there, our plan was we had this one big room that was going to become the creative studio. But we had planned, we were starting to do some research on it and what it would be to, you know, trying to fundraise and trying to look at the costs for us. And we planned on doing this creative studio over the course of this whole year into the beginning of next year. And then COVID hit and we decided that we we're going to do what we planned to do in a year right away. So we, you know, <laughs> pulled the trigger. So we, didn't, we didn't have lights, didn't have cameras, didn't have, you know, any of that stuff. We were not very, we were, we knew it was something that God was speaking to us about. Um, well, one of the things he spoke to us about uh, at the beginning of the year was that we were a light under a bushel and we needed to be a light on a hill. And we needed to really? take, the, take the, the revelation that, that had been entrusted to us and actually broadcast it and broadcast the seed. And so that's why we were looking at the doing a creative studio, doing a worship studio, trying to uh, create a platform for our voice to be heard and make the revelation that we carry um, accessible to so many people. Because uh, up until recently, the only way to do it, it would be to come to the to the to our meetings, and even then, we didn't we weren't very systematic. So our approach was come along with us, and hopefully, you'll get it all by osmosis uh, yeah. over a, over a period of time, and that did work, but it wasn't very scalable, and we've grown uh, significantly. And so, what happened? What was beginning to happen was we were, our our growth, and you look and we looked at. Um, uh, the DNA of who we were and the revelation that we were carrying, we were having a hard time seeing that replicated. Um, and, and so that's, that, that, that kind of led to, um, to us having this desire to like, okay, let's get some camera, let's get some lights. But it was a steep learning curve. It still is. I mean, yeah, I, uh, as I'm sure, you know, you guys find as well, but I, <clears throat> I'm not, uh, like I don't normally preach from notes. Normally I just kind of have an idea of what I want to say. And then you read the room. And you you pray about it. Usually, I, I decide what I want what I want to say during worship. Um, and you look around and you get an idea and you get you, you take the temperature of the room. And then when you preach, you preach to faces. You preach to people that you're you know that something's landing, and so you stay on it. You know something's not landing, you move on. Uh, but that's all gone. Like it's like it's like the entire skill set is like out the window, and uh, and you have to learn a completely new one. So the first month was really awkward. I look back even at the the, the messages and that kind of stuff and you know just preaching to a camera was so bizarre and I've gotten used to it now but it's still it's still peculiar. It's amazing the skills we've learned and yeah, so, just just but, Steve for, for our guys on this on the on this side of the pond so to speak they um can you just give us a flavor of the Canadian setup and your apostolic ministry into that because you mentioned the farm which ah oh, that looked an absolutely amazing place. You did that killer um, drone video, didn't you? The drone video footage of it was brilliant. Um, I presume that was a Caleb uh, touch. But, it sure was. Yeah, we'd, we'd like an, uh, an in-house drone specialist here. <laughs> so, um, so what's what's the what's the story with the churches and and your relationship with with them and how it's growing? Sure. Yeah. Um, so we were. Um, a number of years ago now, uh, I think maybe 13 years ago, uh, Sarah and I moved, uh, or 14 years ago, moved from Peterborough, uh, which is just on the outskirts of Toronto, um, to, to Ottawa to help uh, pioneer a church. Um, and uh, 
so we moved there was a small group of people we moved we all moved downtown um and, and decided that you know that, that's where god was calling us to build um and when we began to build um i actually got out a pen and piece of paper uh, when when you know there were some leadership challenges right at the beginning but when i when i finally felt the reins were in my hand um i got out a pen and piece of paper and began to to like take stock of who it was that we had who was with us and then also like who uh what, what our skills and gifts and abilities were who can do you know who's good pastorally who's good with uh you know with the kids who can do sound who can preach who can you know and and to be honest as i wrote it all out i was like uh, this is you know we've got some strengths but we've also got a lot of gaps here um and uh and and god spoke to me as i was looking at this list and i uh, I, he told me to, to look at Psalm 133, um, which I had no idea what it said. So I had to look it up. Um, and it says, um, you know, how good and how pleasing it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Uh, and then it says some other things. It's three, just three verses, I think. And then it says, for there, God commands a blessing. And God spoke to me right at the outset and said, you can have the, the success that goes with the accumulation of your gifts and your talents and your abilities, or you can have a blessing that I command because of how you choose to be with each other and how you choose to live together. And, and, and God began to restore in my mind, this whole idea of covenant. Um, and which was something we were very familiar with years past, but at least in my experience, the practical application of it had somehow gotten muddied. And so, so God began to restore in, in my mind this idea of covenant relationships and building on the platform of covenant brothers and sisters um, and, and how we treat each other and how we value each other um, and valuing the person not for their gifts and their talents and their abilities, but valuing them intrinsically because God himself dwells in them. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that it's God himself that creates the value in us, not, not, not what we can give to a task or to a project. And, and especially being task and project driven, that was a big paradigm shift for me, um, is to value, you know, learning to value people intrinsically. It sounds terrible, I know, and that, but, but uh, uh, not valuing people for what they can bring to what it is that we wanna do. Um, but it began to shift the way that we began to build as a, as a leadership team. So we began to form a leadership team, spend lots of time um, building relationally, um, and, and God began to cause it to grow. And it's something I've, I've observed is especially in leadership, when people see covenant love expressed, it's attractive. They want to be a part of it. And it's like God himself says, blessing, go here. And he commands it. And, uh, blessing that is, that is, you know, the accumulation of our skills and abilities. That's it, it, it's flimsy and it's fragile. And it, it is successful as long as you keep up with those skills and abilities. But blessing that's commanded from God himself because of how you value and treat each other, that's, that, that's permanent. That, 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 that comes from God. It's a commanded blessing. And so we began to just build in this sort of commanded blessing. And God began to cause it to grow. And, of course, we had, you know, we had challenges along the way, as I'm sure you'd expect. Um, but God began to cause it to grow. Um, and we got to a point where we were bursting at the seams where we were at and I was praying and, uh, I was, took some time with Todd while we were in Cuba one time, um, working with some churches down there. And, 
So we just took some time and just began to pray. And God spoke to us and said, um, I asked the Lord, I said, God, do you want us to build one large thing? Because God has spoken to us about the, the influence that this church will have in the city of Ottawa. And that will be a demonstration of the kingdom of God to the governments of the world. Because this is a city of government. So every there's an embassy from almost every nation in the world. And this is also the house of our parliament um, in this city. That we were to demonstrate the ways of God. Um, and of course, if we're going to have, if we're going to demonstrate the ways of God, we have to pioneer the ways of God. And the, the, if the way, if the world is going to come to us and say, teach us your ways, the, the church has to have ways. And those ways have to be more productive than, than the ways of the world. And, uh, and God, God spoke to us about, you know, building this. And uh, but it, so we just prayed and said, God, do you want us to build something large? something that has all the benefits of a large church in the city and the influence and the input and the, the notoriety and the visibility and all the programs that go with large church? Or do you want us to build like smaller, like uh, community churches, neighborhood churches and infiltrate each of these little communities? And God spoke really clearly. And he just said, I want you to build both simultaneously. <laughs> thanks for that, God. <laughs> yeah. So like, oh, great. Thanks for that. Uh, so that then we went back and I, went, I talked to the to the rest of the, the leaders and told the church like this is what God has said and we have no idea what it means like we have no idea how we're going to do this but this is what God has said yeah. and so we tried a few different things and then eventually we got to the point where we knew that God was calling us to plant um, and so we 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 you know through a, a fair amount of prayer and looking to the Lord we took the church. And we basically decided to plant twice in one year, um, once in the east end of Ottawa and once in the west end of Ottawa. And then the following year, we were going to plant in the north. Um, and then last year, we planted in the south. Um, and so, but I, to be honest, I had leaders in the city come to me and question what we were doing. They just said, listen, you have one of the, one of the you know, few vibrant, fast-growing, buzzing churches in the city right in the center. Why on earth are you, you know, touching what is working? Why are you breaking this apart? Why are you, um, but as leaders, we we knew that God was in it. Um, we knew that God, we knew that if we, we had another prophetic word that said, if we stayed, we would grow. Um, but if we decentralized, we would multiply. Um, and we wanted to, we wanted to multiply. And so, so that was what we did. Um, you know, we, we've planted out. It's been, it's been a stretching experience. Um, because then, especially in planting out, it, it makes so much more sense for economies of scale just to stay together. Because then all of your, you know, resources get pooled and, you know, you have your economies of scale. Where planting out, you need multiple everything. Yeah. Um, but it's been really, really helpful. Um, the other thing that God said to me, which I found very helpful when God called us to plant, um, is, is again, I don't know why I keep doing this, but I got out a pen and piece of paper and started to make a list. Of all, of all the things that we would need, you know, planting over in Gatineau, planting, you know, I say, well, again, who can lead worship? Who can, what about the sound? Uh, how are we going to, where, where are we going to get the soundboard? Where are we going to get the stuff? Where are we, who's going to, um, how are we going to do tithes and offerings? What's that going to look like? And, um, and again, God, God spoke to me um, and he said, I've called you to plant churches, not meetings. And it, and it began to deconstruct uh, and I was like, well, we're not ready to plant. And, and, and God spoke to me. He says, well, I'm planting. He says, I'm, I'm at work. 
and and you can partner with me and you can look and you can see that the, the life of Christ is being formed in individuals and it's multiplying and you can partner with that or not. Um, and I was like, I want to partner with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good, good call, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a choose life or death moment. So I was like, I think I yeah. prefer the sound of life. Um, and so it began to help that help me to understand that, um, you know, I grew up in a church that understood that the church wasn't the building, but it took me a while to realize that the church isn't the meeting, uh, that, that meetings are helpful and conducive and we're not to neglect them and they can, they can help facilitate the life of Christ. But the church is actually the life of Christ in the body on a Monday and on a Tuesday and on a Wednesday. Um, and so, so for us right now, even um, like we've planted in the, in the South, we don't have a Sunday morning meeting uh, yet. I'm sure at some point we will. But the church is growing, it's vibrant, life people's lives are being transformed, there's discipleship, there's teaching, there's uh, families winning families, there's, there, there's the, this is the church that's happening and it's growing and the kingdom of God is moving forward. Um, but we have no Sunday morning meeting. So it does affect people's paradigms. Okay, well, we want to come, where do you, where do you come? Well, there's no, there's no place to come necessarily, but you can belong and you can be and you can yeah. receive and you can contribute. Um, and it's a bit of a different paradigm, but I love it. I love that it looks different. It's not kind of cookie cutter. Um, Steve, the, um, when you went multi-congregational, of course, one of the greatest challenges, like you say, the list, and, and we've been there when we've done it, is one of the greatest challenges having leaders on the ground and you not having to micromanage that, especially with your apostolic gift. Um, it's God just, have you done something deliberate to raise up leaders? You've obviously had some people that God's anointed and joined you in heart together, but have you done something specific in terms of enabling you a culture where people can thrive and grow and take responsibility? Is there anything you've done specific in that realm? I think so. I think there's a few things that we've done um, intentionally and specifically, um, which is interesting because COVID provides a different challenge with, with all of that now. Um, and we are having to kind of go to the Lord again as, uh, as well. But historically, the way that, um, the way that Sarah and I would, would work is we, uh, we would just spend time with uh, individuals and couples. Um, we'd have them over for dinner, spend time with them. Um, and just through relationship, just through conversa intentional conversation. So it's not conversation. I mean, you, you, you start with all the small talk and all that kind of stuff, but uh, intentional conversation that's, that's um, not super intense or religious, but just open and honest. Um, and so we would just spend time uh, with, with a lot of people. Um, and there's no, there's no way around that, really, um, of just sharing heart um, and being with each other. And so, so even our elders meetings, our leaders meetings, um, they were often a, a kind of a, a church within a church where we would just be to get together. And there's, there's a long list of things we need to talk about. There's a long list of tasks, a long list of projects, there's challenges in the body, there's all that kind of stuff. But instead, we would just take some time with each other and just look to the Lord, uh, pray for each other, encourage each other, uh, moving gifts of the Spirit, making sure that as, as leaders, we have a dynamic in the Holy Spirit among us. Um, because if we don't, how can we expect that to be um, yeah. you know, evidenced in the body? Yeah. And trying to see the, the culture that we want to see in the body first established among the leaders. Mm -hmm. um, and knowing that that's what's going to be replicated. That, you know, to quote um, 
Ern Baxter. Uh, you can preach about measles all you want, but if you have mumps, that's what they're going to catch. And uh, so trying to make it so that what people catch from the, from the leadership and then just expanding that circle. Um, and so that, so that other leaders are spending time with uh, up and coming leaders so that we are spending time with up and coming leaders, but that, that what they're coming into unbeknownst to them is that there's actually a very intentional culture here um, of the way in which we operate, the way in which we do things. Um, and so, so that's been something that we've done intentionally is just spending a lot of time. And then the other thing that we've done um, is tried to give a lot of space. Uh, and so giving people uh, room to grow and that trying things and failing is okay. Uh, celebrating initiative, celebrating people moving, moving forward and things. Even if sometimes it's like, mm, that's not how I would do it or, you know, and, and giving some feedback, uh, giving some direction, but just a light, trying to create, um, make it so that people have a lot of latitude uh, to, to dig deep. And, it, and it, if there are sons and daughters who have caught the culture of the house, then even when what they're doing isn't exactly how I would do it, it comes from the, the, the culture of the house. Um, it comes as a, as a spiritual son or daughter of the, of the house. And so you think, oh, that's not how I would do it, or I wouldn't approach it that way. But they're, they're doing uh, something that fits within the culture of the house. So you just let it go and you see. And then, and then you, you assess and you think, okay, how would that go? How are things going? Where are things at? Um, so to me, those would be two of, the, two of the main things, at least off the top of my head. Uh, lots of time just being together and, uh, and with intentional time. And then just a lot of latitude. Yeah. So it's really important, isn't it, for us as leaders to, to that, that those around us, if you're, the original word of the Lord to you in Canada is still applicable now. It might expand, but it's important then that everybody who comes on subsequently catches, well, in particular, your heart for the churches that you are overseeing, because that's really important. It's, it's birthed out of the word of God, and you can't have people deflecting you down well-meaning, but not necessarily what ultimately will be fruitful, uh, fruitful endeavor, isn't it? So, so it's great. Right. That. Yeah. yeah. People have to catch the vision. Um, I think it's somebody like, I, I think it might Bill Johnson, I don't know who, who has, who coins the phrase of, uh, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to make a mess of it, but basically uh, I can't give myself to your vision until you, I, I know that you caught my vision. Uh, but once you've caught my vision, um, then I can do that. And again, he says it very succinctly and cleverly. Um, but basically the, the idea is that any, if you don't buy into my vision and you have your own vision, then that's dual vision and dual vision is division. Um, and like I said, he, he, uh, he, he says it a little more clever than that, but basically you do look for people who you look and think this is a, a son or daughter of the house. And again, it's not my, it's not my son or daughter. Uh, I'm not necessarily, I am some people's spiritual father, but not, not all the people in the church necessarily, but it's the, it's the positioning themselves as a son or daughter in this house, which is ultimately his house. Um, and saying, yeah, this is, this is the culture that I'm, that I'm buying into. This is what I want to be a part of. I want the word that's in this house to become flesh in my own life. And, uh, and, and if that, if that is the case, then great. And then you work with somebody and there's times when it's not the case and that's challenging. 
um, because you think this is somebody who maybe has an agenda that is not um, symbiotic with the culture of this house. And that then the report requires some work to try to adjust and see if you can work on that and see that removed and see something else put it in place, a godly agenda, or you've got to limit and, and deal with that, that, that challenge. And those, those challenges come. So uh, it's very clear that, that, that dealing with one another relationally is so, so important to you. It's a key, key part of your heart. Um, coronavirus comes and hits, which impacts on that relationship dynamic because there's nothing like being physically together. Uh, so how, how have you dealt with that personally as a, as a leader and father figure and friend to so many people within the church? But then also how have the churches dealt with that kind of relational aspect, particularly your church in South Ottawa, where they, they're not even really having meetings yet. It's all still very much house to house. How, how has that been for you over the, the last six months or so? Yeah, it's been interesting um, because each church has done it a little bit differently. Um, and so uh, and I, while we were also planting out um, here, or even actually probably even before we were planning out here, um, we also have the church in Peterborough and then Montreal and the church in Cape Breton. Um, and one thing that's been really interesting to think about, and all I've done so far is think about it, and I don't have any answers on this yet. Um, uh, and so, uh, but as the church in Cape Breton, we were, we were praying about and looking at um, planting this year. Because uh, again, it's grown, um, it, they're outgrowing their facility. We've, we've got leaders on the ground uh, that you look at and you think, okay, let's take, let's take some time and let's, uh, uh, you know, train and then plant. And, uh, and then COVID hit. And so it's like, well, what does that look like then? What does is, what is church planting look like um, in, in this context? Um, and it's caused me again, and I know that God's in, in it, he's deconstructing my own paradigms. It's uncomfortable, um, but always productive. Uh, and, and, and looking at, okay, so what, let's assume, I hope I'm wrong on this, but let's assume that, it, that, that things look like this for a year, maybe two years. What if they look like this for two years and then it clears up and then we go into something like this again for another year or two years? What if this sort of, this sort of thing becomes a part of regular life or at least for a season? How does the kingdom of God move forward? And how is Jesus building his church? And so what I've asked of him, and again, we're in process in this, and I'm getting together, uh, hopefully sometime again soon, we gather like a prophetic company, uh, mixed of people who are definitely prophets among us, people who prophesy regularly, uh, <clears throat> people who are prophetic in nature. Anyway, gathering those people together and just to look at it and to, to try to hear from the Lord what, how is he building his church during this time? Because he's building his church and he's not stopped. He's not surprised by this. Um, now I, 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 can have, I can put my strategy hat on and I can come up with strategies and I think that it's wise to do that. But ultimately, I want the impetus behind what we do to be partnering with, with how he's building his church during this time. Um, and so the interesting thing has been watching the church in the South um, because for them, it's not so different. For all of us, it's like a massive difference. For the rest of the churches who are used to, where the Sunday morning meeting is the central focal point. Um, whereas for the church in the South, they didn't have a Sunday morning meeting. And so church had to look very different. And so for them, this has affected them, I would say the least. 
um, which is which is interesting. It's something to you know ponder and think about and, and, and meditate on. But I do believe God is in. Um, I don't believe God's the cause of this, but I do believe God is still building His church, and that God has ways. God has strategies. God has God has ways to to deconstruct what we've always seen in the way in which we built church. And so that's what I'm asking the Lord for is, is uh, now we, we have practical things and each church has done it a little bit differently. Uh, so some, some churches, um, you know, we were focusing heavily on like the community groups because we're allowed to gather, I think up to, I don't even remember now, I think it's 10 people in homes um, and we're allowed to gather outside. And so right in, and the weather here has been great, um, hot, but it's been great. Um, so people have been gathering outside and trying to basically work with what we've got to gather as much as we can in whatever way the, the, the government and the bylaws uh, allow us to. Some are moving to like a Sunday night meeting. I think we're doing that in, um, in Carlton Place, uh, Saturday or Sunday night where we have a worship time, but we're still going to be producing the online, online content. We are looking, you know, in October, probably once we're familiar with all the technology to do something similar to what you guys are doing and doing like a live stream. Uh, and so that there'll be at least one place that has, uh, um, an actual in-person meeting. Um, so we've done some things like watch parties where people will basically do the same thing. They'll invite another family over to their house. And then as two families, they'll watch our Sunday morning meeting, and, but they'll do it together and be able to worship together. Um, I was just in a church um, in, in Milton, which is the other side of Toronto this last week. And they, they are doing, they, they're able to gather in 30% capacity. So it was almost like a normal meeting. Everyone had to wear masks. The, the families with kids didn't come, but they, they're doing exactly that. So it was, I was preaching to the people but I was also being recorded and going out live to the rest of the church that couldn't come, couldn't or wouldn't come to the meeting. Um, but I think it is, it is helpful for us to look at, like you said, uh, Dave, we've been catapulted, um, let, you know, years ahead of where we knew we were going, but this has forced us to move like crazy. And I read an article the other day that said in the last six months, most people have moved 10 years um, what would have taken 10 years in terms of technological adaptation and being used to uh, digital meetings and all, all of that kind of stuff. And I tend to think that, and, and it was one of the things that God spoke through our prophetic group, uh, even, even before COVID happened, but that, that this year would be a year of an acceleration of the purposes of God. Um, and I, and you can sense it in the heavenlies that, that God is who, who wastes nothing is able to use this and accelerate his purposes. And so my job and our job is to have our ear, you know, to, to the heavenlies to say, God, how can we work with, how can we be creative? How can we listen? How can we cooperate? Um, help us let go of, you know, these, some of these sacred cows and allow us to move forward. Um, and keep in step with what you're doing. Uh, Steve, we've got a praying people and we're going to show this to the people that we have here. And we would love to know what specifically we can be praying for you for. We've got a, a month of prayer and fasting coming up in September where one of the, the kind of strands of that is to pray for, for nations and governments and that kind of thing. And so the, the more specific we can be, the better <laughs> and more potent the prayer can be. So what, what can we be praying for you for over, over the next months and so? 
Thank you guys. That's really kind and generous of you to take time to pray for us. And uh, we, we are blessed by it. It's nice to be joined to a wider family and to have brothers and sisters that you know are praying for you and praying with you, uh, you know, even on the other side of the Atlantic. Um, I think that um, there's so many opportunities uh, right now for us to do things differently. Um, even, even this, you know, for us to be, for me to be able to spend time with you guys, um, there's been no flights. There's been no, you know, hosting. I've not had to take time away from my family. You guys haven't had to try to put a big meeting on, but here we are face to face. Um, and I think that in, even though people are somewhat isolated, there is a way in which we can actually be far better connected. Um, and that's one of the things I'm praying about how, 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 what, what are the, what are these connections that God is doing and how do we, how do we maximize the fact that suddenly now we're global? We have a global reach. We have a global uh, community that we have access to in a way that suddenly this doesn't feel weird. Whereas six months ago, this would have been weird. You would have, you would have a Zoom call. What on earth is a Zoom call? <laughs> How am I going to do this? Uh, it's going to be weird, you know. But now it's normal. Now, now it's like with you. I'm sure it's every day. Um, so we want to, um, you know, it says in Ephesians five, it says, make the most of every opportunity. Be wise. Don't live as the unwise. But understand what the Lord's will is. And that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying that for us, for, for us here, for, for you guys, for all of us, that we will be wise and that we'll understand what the Lord's will is. And in doing so, we will make the most of every opportunity. Um, so that's what I'm looking for is wisdom. Um, wisdom on every front with all the decisions. Um, the other thing which I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, which you can uh, hold us in prayer for, is during this time for it to be a season of refreshing, um, which right now it is not, or has not really been. It's been tiring at times and, and exhausting because all of the things, all the decisions that are normally routine are no longer routine. They're decisions now. So, you, you know, I'm encountering people, myself included at times, where you have decision fatigue, where you're just like, I don't, you know, all the kids are home, everything's different, all the stuff that was routine is out the window, and now you got to make decisions about every little thing. And so you just, like, you get tired of making decisions, and you get, and at times you feel worn out. Um, and so I'm praying, and I've been looking in my own life. The one thing that, I, that, I, that, that, that that's been helpful is when, uh, which I'm reaching for, is where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy laden. And he says this, I will give you rest. And, and, and the Lord spoke to me about, and I'm still trying to apprehend this on an ongoing basis. He, he didn't say, I will make you rest. He said, I'll give you rest. He says, I can give you something. But even in times of busyness, even in times where you can't take the time out that you normally would, but I can supernaturally give you something of my eternal nature, which is at rest. And I can give it to you and you can receive it. And, and I'm trying to receive that. And there's times when I'm like, yep, I've got that. I've, I've been receiving that. It's busy, but I'm, I'm walking in rest. And there's times when I'm not. And that's a challenge. And I sense in the body too. I sense fatigue. Um, not, with, not with the kingdom of God, not with church, but just in life. Just that people are, are tired because everything's so different. So, um, so I'd ask for prayer in that regard too, for it to be a time of refreshing and rest that will only really have to be supernatural because everything's, it's not like we're going to flip a switch and everything's going to go back to normal. 
So those would be, you know, the wisdom so we can make the most fair opportunity and know what the Lord's will is. And then uh, refreshing and rest would be the things that I would ask for prayer for. And I'm grateful. That's good, Stephen. Uh, I know this as well. It must be for you as it is for us that uh, we're standing on that our God will supply all of your needs according to his riches. Because whatever else, there's, there's financial need for you to do all the stuff with the farm and that base there that you're cultivating. And as we're just discovering, the technology is not cheap. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, um, and, but God's put us in this position for us to use this moment and he, he'll do that. And we'll pray for you especially for that. Because I know from our heritage of being around Kerry is, we look to the Lord, we don't say it, but I just want to say we'll be praying for all the finances and the windows <laughs> of heaven to open Thank up you. for you. Um, Amen. Yeah, so um, it's the same everywhere, but we know that the, where the need is great, God's resources abound even more. So, and, and also, by the way, I really wish your Sarah and you had started your own personal YouTube channel. I see some of these fake celebrities you could have been worldwide famous if for no other reason, I don't know, the pig falling in the swimming pool was, <laughs> I, I can't imagine the size of the pig that you, if you'd have seen the picture, you think, I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, so whether it's that or, I saw a picture recently, Steve, not that I'm Facebook stalking you, my friend, but. <laughs> all right, all right. Sarah posted what looked like a, a 25 foot tree sticking out of the back and then underneath date night, I thought, you know how to show your lady a good time. <laughs> I do, I do, that is her love language. She loves, she loves work being done on the farm. So I could get her flowers and she'd be like, oh, thanks. But if I could get her a couple of trees and help her plant them, that's like, that's her love language right there. <laughs> but yeah, if you follow Sarah on Instagram, it is a wild ride around here. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun, you know. And we, you know, we feel very, very blessed because, you know, we have four kids uh, who are all pretty much the same age, 9, 10, 10, 11. And, and we live on a farm with space. So as far as being on quarantine, uh, it's, it's been, it has been some challenges, of course, but it's been great. Lots of family time. I've hardly traveled, which is a big new thing, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but thank you very much for your prayers. And we'll be praying for you guys as well. Praying for all the tech. Praying that your voice will go far beyond your reach ever could have if, this, if you were doing things normally. Um, praying for the blessing of God. Um, so, but yeah, thank you very much. And it, uh, it, it does feel great to be walking together in, in covenant, even from a distance. And so... It does. Thank you. We, we pray the blessing of God, mate. Uh, that, that, uh, I'm sure there's the Canadian, the blessing. It's everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, that the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And uh, yeah. that's for you and for us. And it is, it is great. So it's lovely hearing, you know, very stirring to hear about. God sometimes deconstructs our idea of what is normal. And I think in our hearts, we've just said, we don't want to go back to that normal. Whatever that was, it's got to yeah. be better than what was before. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Steve, for sharing your time and your day with us. Mate, it's so encouraging to be able to be with you. And uh, we do appreciate it. My, my pleasure, honestly. So thank you for the invitation and uh, look forward to hearing how you guys progress and how the kingdom of God has moved forward through, through you guys. And sometime soon when it's all allowed, You'll have to come and visit in person in real life and see the farm across the road. And, yeah. uh, and you can see the pigs and hopefully they'll stay in the pool. And 
you can uh, you can milk a goat if you like. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Community Church Podcast. For more information about the Community Church and what they do, please visit communitychurch.org.uk. We'll see you next time.